0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I'm extending this this little uh, series called true love and by the way I thought pastor Christine did a great job last week of talking about the background of Valentine's Day and things like that where that's coming from and this true love God should be our true love and what we find is that we are his true love and in the fact that we are his prized possession and he and he truly loves us uh, so, my, the sermon title is Made New. And my first point is our lives should be centered around our relationship with Christ. And the primary scripture that was used at the, the Fellowship International Symposium is found in 2 Corinthians 5:17. And I want to read this from the New King James Version. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so when I was praying about this message to deliver a couple of weeks ago, I thought I need to really understand what this first word in this passage is talking about, therefore, Therefore is an adverb. Therefore could also be stated as for that reason. It could also be stated as consequently. Therefore is related to something previously understood, previously stated, or previously implied. Therefore can also lead to a prompting of an action or a response. I love Mexican food, therefore, for that reason, consequently, I will probably go to a Mexican food restaurant and have Mexican food in the near future. And so, now that we, we understand what therefore is what, is, what is Paul talking about here when he says therefore, when he's referring to the scripture In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we need to back up and and we could do a lot of backing up to understand what he's talking about when he's saying, therefore, consequently, for this reason. But for the sake of time, I just want to back up a little bit in chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, 14 and 15, and then we'll go through verse 17 again. So uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him, to please the Lord. A healthy relationship with the Lord can give us the desire to please him. A healthy relationship can give us the desire to please others. And so as a child, you, you, you may have said, well, I want to please my mom and dad and it may have sometimes been driven by it's close to Christmas time and you want to get a, good, a lot of good Christmas gifts. But, but the heart of it should be that because we have this relationship and that, that we're not looking to get something from someone, but we are honoring them and we are blessing them. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please the Lord. Verse 10 goes on to say, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. Paul is writing to believers who have accepted Christ. So he's he's not talking about being judged for our salvation. We know that there will be two judgments for those that have not accepted Christ. They will stand before the judgment throne of God. But we know that when we accept Christ, we have eternal salvation. We have a free pass, as it were, to that, that judgment. Because it, the word says that when we accept Christ, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So they'll say, oh yeah, Mark, you're in here. Christine, your name is, come on in. But what he's talking about is not being judged for our salvation. Because we have that when we accept Christ. We know that in Ephesians 2, 8-10, Paul writes again that we're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works that anyone should boast so it's not by our good works that we're able to have eternal salvation it's only by the grace of God Uh, verse 10 continues we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body so this is referring to our rewards based on our obedience and our life while in this earthly body so Pastor Christine and I were called to, to uh, Pioneer Life Fellowship Church. Now, we could have said, no, we don't want to do that. We wouldn't have lost our salvation, but we would lose the reward of God saying, hey, this is what I've, I've destined you to walk in and this is what I've called you to do. And so our faithfulness and obedience to him is where the reward comes from. And again, if we, we could have said no, right? One of the greatest things God has given us is a free will. And so we could have said, no, we don't want to do that. Would God still love us? Yeah. Would we fulfill the destiny that he called us to? No. And so all of us, uh, you know, not everyone is called to vocational ministry or to to pioneer a church, but everyone has a a mission and a a calling and a purpose that God specifically designed you to do. And so that's what Paul's talking about, the reward standing before him and and receiving the word for our, our obedience. Not everyone is called to be a missionary in Africa, but some people are. And I think of their reward that they have put their life on the line, that they have gone and suffered for the cause of Christ. They should be rewarded for that because, hey, well, first of all, God didn't call me to do that, but God has called me to do this. So let's be obedient to what God has called us to. Because this life now, right now, today, next week, is our. Well, let me be more personal is your opportunity to impact lives for all of eternity think of the privilege and opportunity that we have with our family members or or people that we run across and god opens up the door for us to share the hope and the love of christ with them that could impact their life for all of eternity what a privilege and opportunity Let's skip down to verse 14 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Either way, Christ's love controls us. So we are, we're not puppets, but we should have this passion and desire to please the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want? It's not about me. That could be a problem for some of us. Oh, it's all about me. Well, I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Well, when did it become all about me? It should be all about him. So my first point is our life should be centered around our relationship with Christ. My second point, our new life is not a revamped old life. It's a new life. Think about a butterfly. Think about when the worm uh, is, is eating and, and preparing to go into the cocoon. A butterfly is not a worm with wings. A butterfly is something new. It's a new creation. And you think about a worm doesn't eat the same thing as a butterfly eats. So when we're made new, we should not be spiritually partaking of the things that we once partook of when we were unsaved. And so, you know, uh, like during Halloween, Pastor Christine has taught many times about the background on Halloween. Why we don't celebrate Halloween. It's not God honoring. And the word says that we're to uh, abstain from even the appearance of evil. It says that we're not to partake in evil, we're to expose it. And and so people, you know, there are a lot of churches that do trunk or treats and those kinds of things. And if they want to do that, that's fine on them. But we don't participate in those things because it's a wicked, evil holiday. And and so you know, we need to sometimes when we're standing for the word, we have to we have to make uh, we have to draw a line in the sand and make a declaration and say, I'm not going to participate in that because it doesn't honor God, it doesn't honor people. And uh, so 2 Corinthians five fourteen says. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Christ died for us to pay the ransom for all of our sins, to restore our relationship with God, resulting in eternal life, to liberate us from our old life, from our old self. what what is that smell what what is that thing that's rising up in me oh yeah I know what that is that's my old life trying to come back bye 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 old life (laughs) goodbye to you goodbye to you old life you're not welcome here anymore you may try to sneak back in no you must go let's look at verse 15 he died for everyone So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Do we have a choice to receive? For those who will receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Conversely, if we are still living for ourselves, it's indicative that we are still living attached to our old life. Not the new life that Christ came to give us. So, you know, the thing that we, well, that I've realized in my life is this growth and this maturity in the Lord is a process that God has taken some things out of my life, taken the desire out of my life for things that I once did that I no longer have an appetite for. I no longer desire to have those things in my life, not just because of the consequences that would come from those things but because God has done something in my heart. And consequently, he's renewing my mind where I don't want to do those things, which has an impact on my actions. 2 Corinthians 5.15 continues, instead of living for ourselves, that we receive this new life, instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. My old life had no passion for Christ. My old life only had passion for Mark and what I wanted. And so let's skip down to the core scripture here in verse 17. I'm going to read this in the NLT, which normally is what we teach out of. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And so now that we understand what Paul meant, and therefore, by this word therefore, let's move on. Therefore, if, if implies a condition or a set of conditions. If I choose to obey the Lord and what he's called me to do, there are blessings. God blesses those who obey him. If I choose to disobey what God has given me to do, there are consequences there too. So therefore, if anyone... It's optional, right? If anyone is in Christ, because you can be out of Christ. And most of us, all of us at one time or another were out of Christ. Therefore, if any was, anyone is in Christ. So this is a qualifying statement of our spiritual position. Are we spiritually positioned in Christ or are we out of Christ? Our life demonstrates if we're really in Christ or someplace else. You want to know if you're in Christ or out of Christ? Look at your life. You know. You know if you're being obedient to what the Lord has given you and called you to. You know if you're compromising your walk. Next are the results of this relationship with Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is what? A new creation. Becoming a new creation is the culmination of yielding to the Lord And allowing his transformation process to take place in our lives. So, as God, as we grow in this relationship, God does something in our hearts. He does something in our minds, the way that we think about sin. You know, we've talked about this many times that repentance is not just turning and going the other way, because you can still fall into the same pit that you just avoided over there but it's changing the way that we think about sin. It's the transformation of our mind that has an impact on our life. So let's let's work this thing backwards for a couple of minutes. What What are the results? The results are becoming a new creation, which comes from being in Christ, being connected to Christ, and tied to understanding and applying Paul's previous statements so there's this process um, we're being made new only through our relationship with christ that is the only way that we can be made new and the conference theme was only the new creation can do what god requires because you know we can't do it in our old life we can't fulfill the things that god has called us to do when we're living in sin or we're not connected to the source Sometimes God has to deal with the root so that we have the right fruit. Because if you don't deal with the wounds and the issues of your life, if you're just putting a Band-Aid on it with sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and, you know, whatever, you're not getting to the root of the problem. And if you don't get to the root then the fruit that's going to manifest is going to be based on the root of woundedness or rejection or or whatever those things can be. Jesus came to fix our broken, messed up lives. But only he can do it. And some of the brokenness and the woundedness that's in in our lives are are not our fault, but it is a problem for us. But the solution is Jesus came to heal us so no not so therefore remembering what was just shared we should have this intimate personal relationship with the lord and we should be leading others to him as well the goal should be leading others into a personal relationship with jesus john 14 15 jesus said if you love me obey my commandments so i think we could look at this another way and say, if we don't keep His commandments, then that's indicative that we don't love Him. Refusal to obey His commandments would would indicate that, that we really don't love Him. And I think that's a problem today. People, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, people use God's name, but they reject Him. They don't invite Him in. Jesus never came to build religion. He came to build relationships. Pastor Don is, is our pastor, and uh, I'm under his authority. And part, part of that is... Because, I mean, here's the thing. If Pastor Don asked me to, to teach and he said, well, I don't want you to say that or I want, I want you to do this, or I would do it because I'm under his authority. Part of it is because of his title and his position, I'm honoring and respecting him. Even if I didn't like the men, you, you, you honor the position and the title that they have. And, but I do like Pastor Don. But even though that's the right thing to honor the the position and title, it's not that I'm just submitted to his authority because of that, which is the right thing, okay? But more importantly, because of our relationship. And our relationship is not built on the law or on religion or a title. It's built on a healthy, loving relationship. And I trust him. Because sometimes my pastor can see something in my life that maybe I'm blind to. Do you know we all have blind spots? And so God places spiritual authority over us to help us because sometimes our spiritual authority can see things that we're blind to. And I realize that Pastor Don is not perfect. I know that. No man is perfect. But this I know. This I'm confident of. He is for me. He loves me. He's confident. I mean, he loves us, and I'm confident that he loves us and he cares for us. Even though he loves my wife more than me. That's okay. (laughs) It's all right. That's okay. I can deal with that. I'm secure in that. All right? But here's the thing. My relationship with Pastor Don is an example of, of how my relationship with the Lord should be. Did yeah, I trust him. That I know that he's for me. And when I don't get what I want and I stomp my feet and cry like a baby, he doesn't acquiesce. He says, no, I'm not going to give that to you because it's not good for you. Because I know that God loves me yes. enough to say no sometimes. Yeah. We all need to hear no Sometimes. But Jesus came to build a a personal, intimate, authentic relationship with you, with you. Maybe somebody needs to hear this today. Jesus came to build a personal, intimate, authentic relationship with you, not just everybody else, not just other people, but you. I want you to say something. Say, Jesus. You came to build a relationship with me. It doesn't mean he doesn't build relationships with other people. But he came to build a personal relationship with each of us. And, and how we respond as we receive him into our heart and life. And then he begins this transformation process. Our lives should be centered around our relationship with Christ Our new life is not a revamped old life. It's a new life. My third point is our relationship with Jesus grows. As our relationship with Jesus grows, so does our trust in Him. Because when you think about faith, it's tied to trust. Let's go back to verse 17 in 2 Corinthians 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun verse 18 and all of this is a gift from god who brought us back to himself through christ verse 18 but he's given us a task and god has given us his task of reconciling people to him we should have great passion for jesus reflected by shedding the old life Indicating we are new. And again, this is not something that we can uh, will ourselves to do. It's this yielding and the transformation that God does in our heart and life. But we have to be willing to yield to Him. One of the most hurtful things is to see people that refuse to yield. They'll be destroying their life. and, And you try to talk to them or help them. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to quit doing that. But it's destroying your life. It's destroying your marriage. It's destroying your family. No, I'm, I'm not going to quit that. And you see the consequences. And there are probably pockets in every one of our lives where we're like, nah, I don't really want to give that up, God. I'm kind of I'm liking that right now. That's part of my old life. That's part of my identity. Well, our identity should be in Christ. <laughs> We should have passion for loving others enough to demonstrate great love to them. And sometimes that's tough love. And lead them to this awesome relationship with the Lord. Because if I'm doing something that's damaging my life, my marriage, my relationship, I would hope that somebody would love me enough to say, you need to stop doing that. And that's why we, we have, it's so important that we have spiritual authority over us that can speak into our life because we trust them. We know that they are for us. Becoming the new person that Paul is referring to is not a religious, legalistic exercise. It's a renewal of our heart. Yeah. <laughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2. I love this, these scriptures. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead... Paul is saying, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Not only has he come to give us eternal salvation, not only has he come to to free us from our sins, from the past, not only has he come to heal our broken lives, but he's come that we would have a relationship with him. He's come that we could be restored. So if, if we don't have, if there's no change in our heart and in our life, have we really given our, our life, our bodies, to God? What You know, our bodies, it, it says it's, our body is the temple of God. <laughs> That's why Paul talks about sexual immorality so, so much, it because it was rampant then, it's rampant now, because sexual immorality is a sin against our own body. And he says, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. I don't think we can fully grasp the love and sacrifice that Jesus took on for us. I don't think we can fully grasp the depth of all that not only Jesus has done, but the implications for our life now and for all of eternity that Jesus has done. Because... Coming to this realization can change our perspective. Again, it's not, oh, I'm I'm trying to be a better person or I'm trying to live my best life now or any of that. It's No, it's about "I, I want you to transform my heart and life, Lord God, so that I can walk in the victory and the freedom and the liberty that I was designed to walk in, that I'm not bound up by rejection, alcohol, drugs, fill in the blank. Jesus came to set us free, but if we have the wrong perspective, we can miss what God wants to do. He wants to change the way that we think, act, relate to him and to others. Romans 12, 1 continues, let them, our bodies, he's talking about our bodies, right? Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want to ask you some questions. I don't want you to answer out loud. I just want you to take a couple of minutes and have some self-reflection here. What is your life really like? Just be honest with the Lord and with yourself right now. What is my life really like? Because only you and God really know. Would you say you live a holy life maybe 20% of the time? 80% of the time? Do you compromise your actions when with certain people partake in inappropriate jokes or whatever that may be? Or is there a standard in your life where you say, you know what, I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to click on that link. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to stop in the hood and buy some weed. I'm not going to stop at specks. Do you truly worship the Lord? Because we just read where Paul says, "Let, let our bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Okay, you can open your eyes now. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, allow God, yield to God, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If we have no passion for Christ, if we have no passion for the things that are near and dear to God's heart, I have to wonder if we have an authentic relationship with Him. Love with passion. Let God give you the passion that He has. Serve with passion. The serving teams that that come here every Sunday morning, they're serving with passion. It's not comfortable for them to get up early and set up everything and do all this stuff, but they're serving with the right heart, knowing that it's serving Him ultimately and serving us, providing a pallet, a platform for God to move. Live with passion for the Lord because only the new creation can do what god requires our life should be centered around our relationship with christ our new life is not a revamped old life it's a new life our relationship with jesus grows as our relationship with jesus grows so does our trust in him